Blog Talk Radio. Frank, of course, a businessman, an author, and a great friend of our of our show. And we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, I frankly do not understand why this is an issue, where you now have companies positioning themselves in such a way that they're using their place of business or the services that they offer or the products that they offer or, or, or the advertising that they do to reach customers. They're using these to promote a political message, or in some cases, a religious message. And it's something that just defies, uh, at least in my mind, the, the rules that we had learned over the years, because we had always learned, you know, you do not talk about politics, you do not talk about religion. Uh, having spent most of my life in, in sales-type positions, meaning that I was looking for business, not necessarily selling, but I was trying to, you know, get somebody to contract me, uh, I always learned that, you know, you don't talk about politics or religion, especially when you're trying to get somebody's business. So it defies any logic, and that's why I invited Frank today to to see if he could uh, maybe help us understand what in the heck is going on. Frank, welcome as always. It's a great honor to have you. Thank you, Silvio. Always an honor to be on the show and talk with you and uh, hopefully to uh, uh, be with the audience. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for saying that. Uh, one of the, first of all, I always got to ask you, Frank, so what's the weather like in Wisconsin? Here it's kind of humid and hot. You would yeah, expect here it's, that. It's humid and hot too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think we're, we're finally in, in the summer, would you say, or not quite technically in summer. That's not till next week, I guess. Well, we're probably a good 10 to 15 degrees above what the uh, temperature should be at this time of year. And it's uh, projected to be that for the whole week, and then hopefully next week to go down some. I I am not a hot weather person myself. I I don't see how how people do Florida. But uh, I I give them all credit (laughs) if they can do it. But uh, for me, it'll... I'm enjoying the air conditioning. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of people are doing Florida these days. So that's, that's for sure. You know, a lot of people are moving there, but I think that's more for other reasons, certainly not because they like the humidity uh, yes. of Florida. I mean, I don't think anybody moves to Florida because they have great weather, at least not in, uh, well, in the winter they do. They come down. Uh, to enjoy the the winter down there, but the rest of the time it's pretty hot and humid. But a lot of people are moving to Florida these days, and that's uh, 
I guess that's because of certain political reasons, taxes, quality of life, and all of that uh, kind of stuff. But here, here it's, it's humid and warm. It's actually at the moment, let's see if I can see it. Uh, I, I don't see the 10 number. Normally you can see the little number. Or 80, I see what it is, 86. 86, partly sunny. That's where we are uh, right now. And, and, you know, that's not excessively hot. It's going to get a lot hotter than that, believe me. But it's okay. Well, and with the humidity, it feels much hotter. We're about in the same position today. And so, you know, and it's very, um, let me put it this way. If you were doing anything outside, it would probably be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, not a good day to cut grass here. Uh, that much I can tell you. No, Probably not we've up needed there either. Rain. No, I, yeah. and we've needed rain. Um, yes. We haven't had quite a while now, so the lawns are turning brown. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, in Texas, we always need rain. So we complain because sometimes the rain is very heavy when we get it, but we always yes. uh, we always can use rain. Frank, the topic that I invited you today, this whole thing about woke companies, I or comp- not woke companies, but companies that go woke, I guess it's a better way yeah. of saying it. Um, you know, I was brought up in a business mindset or mentality or whatever you want to, where a lot of my time in business over the years was spent selling my services to, to somebody. Uh, it you know whether it was my recruiting agency or or whatever, but I was usually asking somebody to hire me and basically cut me a check so that I could start working for them. And so I learned a lot of things about how to do business uh, because of this experience. But one of the things that I learned very early on in my business life, number one. Well, this one is not so much about business, but this one is more personal behavior. Never make fun of anybody's religion. So if you would walk into somebody's office and they had some religious symbols that you didn't understand, you just accepted it. You didn't make fun of their religion because that was always a no-no. And the second was you never initiated a political conversation. Now, later, if you got to know the customer and you and the customer developed a personal relationship, maybe it was okay to to answer a political question or maybe talk about uh, politics. Uh, I always always sort of avoided politics. For me, it was more a case, we could talk about the economy, but that's not necessarily politics always. But these are the two things that I I was brought up uh, believing, Frank. No religion, no politics. And I thought that was pretty much accepted by everybody and then all of a sudden, I see these companies promoting uh, politics, uh, all of their television ads these days tend to be promoting a certain side of, of the political aisle. I mean, it seems that they're all promoting this stuff. Frank, I don't get it. I don't understand that. We've seen, forgive me for going a little long-winded here, but I just wanted to make my point. I see the economic impact that it's having on some companies. It's not a good one. So... What do you make of this, Frank? I mean, you, it, you look at this stuff. It doesn't make any sense to me. How do you react to it, Frank? Well, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you, uh, Sylvia. We were both raised, I think, in a, a similar background. There were things you don't bring up 
and that that went for Thanksgiving dinner too. <laughs> you don't talk politics and religion. Uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Well, especially <laughs> that day. Yeah, especially that day. That's why I was so happy. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt you there, Frank, but I was, that's why I was so I was so happy that they put football games on on Thanksgiving right. Day because that at least kept you from arguing, you know, about politics. Yes, yes, but you know, you bring up a good point, and and the thing that I think people need to think about um, is why are so many companies committing what you would call woke suicide? And I I don't mean just the ones that we know about, like um, uh, Anheuser-Busch and Target and Disney. And it it, it just seems to be, there seems to be more and more of them. Um, The, um, the whole business about Jack Daniels sponsoring drag queens and uh, also look at the media. Look at the New York Times. They've been in a death spiral. They've been firing people, laying people off because a lot of circulation is disappearing. Look at um, uh, look, look at Fox News. Look at the since they've gotten rid of Tucker Carlson. He was their biggest attraction. And, and they let him go. Now, I know you hear a lot of reasons for it, but I think the bottom line with all of these things is to follow the money. And I think what's happening is that um, these companies are being coerced into these actions by bankers and by people who are in this chain of elitism, and that they want to push this thing forward. They want to push these policies forward. They want to destroy, they want to bring down the American experience. They want to bring down the United States. And what they're trying to do, they're using racism. They're using all of this uh, business of uh, sexual deviance, which is what it is. Uh, everything like this, it's being done to, uh, to break the country apart. And the, you have to follow the money, and the money has to come from the top, the money and the government. Because, you know, the, um, when, when you look at the power that the government has in certain areas, uh, in, in many areas that you, you don't even think of, but it comes from the unelected departments. For instance, uh, if, if, you were, um, if you're a retailer and you have your own brand, Suppose you were to get a letter or, or a phone call from, uh, you know, the uh, Centers for Disease Control or some other thing that says, you know, we've been taking a look at the, uh, the material in this brand, and, and, and we think it's, it's, it could be dangerous to people's health. And my God, you know, what would that do to you? Or the IRS. Look at what the IRS did and were never, ever held to account for to the Tea Party movement. Lois Lerner admitted to having gone after the conservatives. It's happening today. Uh, You see it with that uh, young reporter who had the IRS at his door. And he he was not a flaming right winger, but he was uh, bringing up some things that he had seen in in Twitter that had to do with their censorship and um, uh, the IRS came right to his door. So there's an immense amount of coercive power 
between banking and government. And I think that's why you're seeing these illogical decisions made. Right. I cannot, despite what was said at the time, that the management knew nothing of that ad campaign uh, with the, the transgender character. Um, the, uh, there's no way. I've been in advertising all my life, and there's no way something that impacts the identity of a corporation ever goes out without top-drawer approval. And the bigger the company, the more the approvals are necessary. You have to go all the way up to the top, and especially if it's a new or revolutionary idea, especially now, if you're doing it's risky. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of things very interesting. I noted the first one, follow the money. Uh, and, and, and I understand what you're trying to say. In this particular case, uh, the money is turning red very quickly in some of these companies. I mean, some yeah. of these companies are really taking a beating uh, for what they are doing. Uh, the other thing you, you said, advertising, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that about your background because a lot of this has to do with advertising. And if you're the, if you're the advertising, uh, I don't know what the, the title of the position would be. Would it be vice president of advertising or senior vice president of advertising? It would seem to me that if somebody, if I was in that position and somebody came to me with an idea to uh, improve our brand or change our brand or reach a new market, the first question I would ask is, uh, do we really know who our market is? Because I think the beer company, I mean, how in the world did anybody in that company believe that putting that transgender or whatever he, he calls himself on on television advertising a beer who who possibly could have believed that that was a good advertising campaign i mean i think anybody looking at that would have said you know that's crazy that's not our market our market is generally men uh when it comes to beer and maybe in the case of bud light women i, I don't know i'm not a beer drinker so i don't know for sure but I would think mm -hmm. that a lot of women drink Bud Light because of the calorie factor. And if you're going to appeal to women, why would you use a, a man dressed up as a woman to do it, Frank? That makes no well, sense to me. Well, you wouldn't. And, and to go back to what you're saying, because you bring up a very, very interesting point. Okay, the, um, uh, if you're looking at a company, the structure of a company today, a modern company, the authority is the director or the vice president cations. And that vice president would report to the president of the company. And below him, he would have brand managers and advertising managers. And um, what you would do, okay, if, uh, in, within the structure of any packaged goods company, and beer is a packaged good, you have a brand manager who is in charge of that brand. And he oversees the whole marketing effort, which includes advertising, social media, public relations, distribution, etc. And he would say, you know, if he needs a campaign or sales are beginning to flag, then he would go 
through the director of corporate communications and say, or the director of marketing. Actually, communications would report to the VP of marketing, executive VP of marketing, who would report to the president. I, I misspoke there. But he would say to him, um, look, we're, we're losing sales in the Pacific Northwest. What can we do? So they would then sit down and talk about why, and they'd examine the research on the consumer. Now, I have worked on beer accounts. I worked on the Pabst account. And I can tell you, this goes back some years, but every Monday morning, there would be three huge reports that came in after the weekend. And they would show sales in retail outlets, sales in uh, venues like saloons, bars, nightclubs, wherever beer is sold, uh, along with food. And uh, they would have sales through, um, you know, the, the distributor network, which the distributor network would cater to all of these. But, um, you know, it would just show up to where the sales were. That's how well they knew their customers. That's how well they researched the customers. Right. And yeah, uh, I I would, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I was going to say that no one under any circumstances would say that uh, they were going to go after that market with a national campaign or message because, first of all, it's not that big a market. The transgender market, the legitimate market. No, I mean, that's the problem. You're right. You're right. It's not a big market. You You couldn't stay in business just catering to them. Right. And, you know, if you were going to go after the gay market, you would do it very gingerly, and they do. You you go Mm -hmm. after it in places where they are located. You go into, uh, you would would do it through in in, uh, bar advertising, table tents, things like that. And it wouldn't be overt. It wouldn't say, Mm -hmm. you know, the gay guy's favorite or something like that. It would just like maybe a picture of two guys sitting at a table drinking together as opposed to a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. But you would target, uh, I mean, you you wouldn't necessarily, that wouldn't be your, uh, I mean, if you had a beer company and let's say you wanted to target uh, the gay market, I mean, just as a a business decision, you say, look, we want to make sure that we sell in that market. That that I can understand as a business uh, person. But then you, you know, you don't, that's not your national campaign. You know, you don't no. run your national campaign. You run targeted, as you said, targeted campaigns where you say, okay, look, you know, uh, we want to, you know, let's say we want to be more competitive and uh, let's say the San Francisco gay scene or whatever they call it. So we right. run ads for that, but you wouldn't run those ads in Texas or in it- Iowa or Nebraska, or Florida. You know what I'm saying, Frank? Absolutely. And, and you, you may not even run ads. What you would do is you'd have certain spokespeople, perhaps, who were noted in that community, but you're not going to go after one market and offend your other markets. Right. Now, let me, let, let me take a quick break, and then I want, I want to come back to you when I talk about, I want to follow up on this last question, this last point. Uh, that you made uh, about targeted uh, 
Marky. We're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll come back with our friend uh, Frank Burke. Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, chatting with our friend uh, Frank Burke, uh, talking about uh, religion, politics, uh, advertising, and uh, some of the stuff that we've been watching lately here of our companies going woke. Uh, Frank, uh, let me go to a point that you were making a minute ago uh, about, let's say you want to target a market. In the case of, of the beer company, according to the VP of marketing who explained why they did it, she said, and I'm paraphrasing, she said the, the, the image of the beer had gotten a little bratty, B-R-A-T-T-Y, not exactly sure what that means, uh, and they wanted to liven it up a little bit, just make it more excited. I guess that's what she was trying to say. You know, we want to make this product connect with more people. Um, Frank, that doesn't make any sense to me. If you want to make the product more you want to connect with more people then you go after the larger community you don't hire a spokesperson who first of all offends a bunch of people and then two represents such a small significant portion of the marketplace that you couldn't survive if if that was your market frank that's correct that's very correct and you know just to, to take a look at the beer industry and we don't want to make this about beer we want to make it about woke but um, some it's okay years to make ago, it about beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, some years ago, as the, the middle, the, how can I put it, the blue-collar working class became less in numbers in America. And as their kids became more educated, etc., they were preferring things like wine. And beer sales begin to, began to slide. Now, sometimes a product will begin to slide and you have to make some decisions about it and say, wait a minute, can this be turned around or is this a new situation I'm dealing with that's going to be permanent, in which case I have to adopt another strategy? Well, beer sales continue to slide until, until, and a lot of regional beers went out of business. You and I can remember all the different individual beers that existed years ago, and many of them went out of business. But then something happened. And the something that happened initially with Samuel, uh, suddenly there were designer beers. There were these individual brands that were very, that positioned themselves as being very exclusive. Hey, wait a minute, you're not going to find, one of them was Coors initially, believe it or not. Coors was only sold like in the Rockies and West. It was only sold in the West. And it had that cachet where people in the East, if, if they knew somebody going on a trip out West, 
They'd say, bring back a case of Coors. And, you know, oh, I, I, I want to be seen with Coors. And then Coors went national. But you have so many of these small breweries, individual breweries now, some of them no, no bigger than in one restaurant, perhaps, or one bar. And um, they have brought back the market for beer, not large national brands, but individual, more IPA stuff, India Pale Ale kind of things. And um, so that, that's how that market has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, now, but what I what bothers me about it when yeah. I see all these companies like Disney and uh, the, you know the company that um, uh, Target, of course, th- things that make uh, products that appeal to children, among other things, there is a morality question right. here. Right. And the morality is that the more people see something and take it for granted, oh, yeah, that's the pride stuff, the more it becomes accepted. And mm-hmm. some of this is right on the road to deviancy. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's that because you and I remember, I don't want to mean to keep going on, but um, you and I remember years ago when we were growing up, we never mm-hmm. heard of eating disorders. Then suddenly a couple of the stars in California uh, died of them, uh, Karen Carpenter. Yes, yes. And some people say Mama Cass had an eating disorder. But others, you know, and, and it became a cool thing to talk about. And a lot of young girls seeking attention or being unsure of themselves that, wow, I think I've got anorexia. I think I'm bulimic. And right. All of a sudden, it was all over the place. People talked themselves into that. And that's what's mm-hmm. happening with this transgenderism today. Right. Parents see kid, and if, if, a, if a kid, now, look at me. When I was a, my aunt, my great aunt taught me how to sew. Right. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy woodworking. If, if, if I wasn't doing woodworking, I'd, I'd be sewing, probably. Um, and I love to cook. So if somebody saw that, those are feminine interests. No, I don't think so. But somebody could say that and think, oh, well, well let's get this guy to a doctor and let's have an operation or, or right. give him some drugs. And, and that's what makes this so dangerous and so sick. Well, you have the, the, the question of children. That's, that's a real problem because in the case of, uh, uh, I think, yeah, in the case of Target, I don't want to misrepresent them, but in the case of Target, I think you had some some really questionable in-your-face, uh, you know, like sweaters and jerseys and so on as you were walking into the store, and that's how a lot of parents uh, became very angry. But let me, because I know we're kind of running out of time, and I, but I wanted to touch on the other sub-subject of this debate. If politics makes no sense or whatever they call it, uh, Something that makes even less sense to me is talking about religion in a business advertising or context. And now you have the L.A. Dodgers, uh, one of yeah. the legendary baseball teams. Uh, you know, you probably remember when they were called the Brooklyn Dodgers when you were growing up in, in New York. Uh, they're one of, the, one of the wealthiest, one of the most successful sports franchises in the world. 
they win. That's a big part of it. And also, they've had a great image over the years. And now they decide to do this pride night. Uh, and I'm, I'm okay. If they want to do a pride night and simply say, look, tonight we're going to recognize people of that orientation, and then that's it. Then you go into tonight's lineup. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, this is yeah. pride night. We recognize everybody. And now let's go for the lineup, you know, for the visiting team. Okay, just limited to that. I guess I can live with it. But now you've got people showing up at this Pride Night who are not just crazy people, but people who are mocking the Catholic Church, people who are dressing up as men who dress up as nuns and walk into into masses to interfere with the communion. Well, that is is more than, than pride. That is an insult to people like me, at least, as a Catholic. I don't want to see the my religion uh demonized in that fashion by people who are uh, you know who who speak that way or act that way against the communion or whatever see this even makes less sense to me than the first one the first one doesn't make sense talking about politics or transgenders religion that one is even more i mean that's even more stupid frank how they would do that is beyond me again frank yeah i i cannot figure that one out at all and it is totally wrong. And uh, to try and, and make fun of somebody's religion, to try and make fun of, of that kind of thing. And, you know, if you've noticed, it's all on one side. And it, it's gotten very dangerous because it's interfering with people's rights and liberties. And that's where it's, it's going to come a cropper. And I think that that's one of the reasons why people are going against it. For instance, I don't know who would agree that biological males should be on girls' teams, uh, given what's happening now. They're taking scholarships. They're destroying the chances that these young ladies have worked for all their lives. And uh, that, that's morally wrong. It's, it's reprehensible. And the, right. you know what the – one of the um, – that the things that I can't figure out about it, you have the Biden administration wanting to alter Title IX to yes. accommodate people. And if you remember during the COVID epidemic, all mm-hmm. they could talk about was, well, we've got to understand the science. Well, right, let me right. tell you, this is <laughs> the science. There are two sexes, male right. and female. And, and, yes. and anything else, forget about it. Right. And, 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 you know, they always come back and they say, uh, well, you have to have compassion for little children who may be confused. And, yes, I'll be more than happy to have compassion. Uh, but I'm not going to tell kids a lie. I mean, if a no. little boy comes to me and he says, uh, I think I'm a girl, I'm going to say, no, you're not. You're a boy. Yeah. Now, let's work on, on this problem. But this this idea that we are lying to little children, and in some cases even going beyond that, injecting them and and you know doing physical changes to their system or whatever, that I think is is that is cruel beyond cruelty. I don't know how else to to describe it, Frank. But this whole question of politics and it's it's blown up it's it's blown up in the face of these corporations, and in the case of religion, it's blown up in the face of uh, the Dodgers. Let me ask you one last question about all of this. Victor Davis Hanson, who's a great writer, a great commentator, somebody who I love reading his stuff, 
he is now saying that he thinks this has now hit the fan. Now, the word at a point right now where people are saying, okay, enough is enough. Okay, you've taken this way too far. This is enough is enough, and we're not putting up anymore. We're not putting up with it anymore. And if we have to boycott you to make our point, get ready for the boycott. Do you think that we're at that point, Frank? I think we are, Silvio. I think that they okay. they have overplayed their hand. And, you know, it's um, uh, what was Newton's third law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And uh, this could go really against them. This could blow up in their faces, and I think it will. I think you're going to see a number of major companies uh, in real trouble. I think they're there now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel very bad about that because as far as the company and its executives go, I have no pity. But I have pity for the number of workers and people who are going to be put out of work Mm -hmm. because this brand failed or this company failed. Or what's Target going to do now? What's Disney going to do now? They're going to do what the New York Times did. They're going to start laying off people. They're going to well, start... Well, they have to because they, they're, yeah, not, I mean, they're losing money, and that's what a company does when they, they lose the, money. But the irony of this, Frank, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but the irony is that the people who are going to be given the pink slip, as they like to say, are probably some of the people, you know, they're the the, the people who work on the floor, the cashiers, yes. the inventory people. A lot of those people are probably the ones who couldn't believe what their company was doing in the first place. Right, um, right. I mean, I, I would have to think that, I mean, in, in the case of the beer industry, going back to uh, an industry that you know very well, you know, if, if you – look, when I see – when I think of beer as a business, I think of a guy driving a truck, okay, that's part of it. I think of the beer distributorship, that's part of it. I think of of the place where they brew the beer, I guess, that's part of it. I don't, you know, I don't usually associate those people with being on the liberal side of the equation, Bill. I mean, uh, Frank. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I, I mean, that... Anheuser-Busch is a company that is, about as pro-American. I mean, this is a company that has these horses uh, every year during Christmas and so on. I mean, if you had said to me during the Christmas time uh, commercials that this is the company that was going to go in this direction, I would have said, no way, no way. But here they are. Well, I'll tell you, there are some good signs. And one of them is school of, I think, the University of North Carolina has just disbanded its Department of Diversity and Inclusion and Equity. Right. And we really don't need this. Let's concentrate on learning how to be good physicians. And that's a great sign. Right. That is a good sign. And, and Frank, uh, as much as I hate what's going to happen to some of these workers at Target and Anheuser-Busch, the different companies that make that up, the different bars, um, as, as much as I hate what's going to happen to a lot of people, it may be a step in the right direction because hopefully the next time they come up with an idea like this, uh, somebody in the advertising department is going to scream and say, no way, we're not going there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where this will be remembered 
as a very crazy and bad time in right. history. But well, somebody he, sent me a text, uh, Frank, saying that this is like Gettysburg, uh, that this yeah. uh, this whole thing is like Gettysburg, uh, to turn this, the war around, you know, and maybe yes. that's it. Maybe that's it. I, well, well you know, Frank, we're going to – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and make your point. I, we're going to have to run. Say, we take pride in our fierce independence. And, you know, when I see a lot of, a lot of the people who have come into this country – especially some people like from Cuba, from Mexico, from all these other countries that came here to get away from authoritarian regimes who would try and regulate their lives are going to say, especially, they're going to be in the forefront saying, we want none of this garbage. Exactly. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. I mean, I remember... Uh, a few years ago, talking about crony capitalism in Brazil. And uh, yes. when you see the, the way some of these companies are being forced by the government, or the government is forcing companies to follow this line or that line, that's the kind of crony capitalism uh, that I was criticizing uh, years ago in Brazil. Frank, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us today, for your input on, on this uh, okay. great issue. And we will well, do it again. We'll, we'll do a follow-up on this. Well, God bless you and our audience, and God bless America. Indeed. Absolutely, and have a beer. I don't drink beer, but you, <laughs> you've given me so much information today that I think I'll just have a beer for the honor of being your friend, uh, Frank. Have a good one. L- lift a glass to the people who are fighting this. <laughs> yes, and there are many, and there are many who are fighting it, and that's, uh, and that's a good. Thank you, Frank. Thank you so much uh, for being a part of it today. Oh, thank you, Silvio. All right. Our good friend, uh, Frank Burke, always a great pleasure to have him on and hear what he has to say. You know, when I invited Frank, I didn't realize that he had that much experience. I knew that he had a lot of business experience in advertising, but the knowledge that he had of the beer industry, that's something I didn't know. So I was very, very happy uh, to hear from someone who understands that that industry. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.